Blog Talk Radio. You want to see my girl? I ain't that dumb. You want to see my girl? Check Maxim. Man, why does every black actor got a rat some? I don't know. All I know is I'm the best one. It's a bonfire. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you motherfuckers talk about. It's a bonfire. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you motherfuckers talk about. You know these rapper dudes talk, talk, start killing. That got goons like an arch villain. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this August 14th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by DirecTV who wants to remind you not to be those other fantasy football podcast hosts who have cable. Get NFL Sunday ticket only on DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or go to DirecTV.com for more details. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzakinetics. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is hard at work commissioning FFPC and football guys drafts tonight. Dave Gerzak, uh, a bit of a role switch tonight as uh, I'm taking the night off from commissioning for the show. I'll be commissioning some uh, some drafts later on tonight. But uh, Dave is actually commissioning right now, so he will not be on the show. I do have a co-host coming up in just a few minutes here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and uh, he's no stranger to the show, and I'll introduce him as soon as he comes on. But... Uh, I want to shout out to the uh, chat room right now. We got uh, a lot of friends in Henry Mudo, Hong Kong, uh, Rally Cap, Rednecks, Fantasy Shakedown, all checking things out tonight. If you guys uh, want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman. Uh, tonight, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com, the high stakes uh, slash the high stakes fantasy football hour. And if you want to chime in and talk to us, give us a ring. 347-426-3682. That's 347 game over. You can also email the show at the FedEx inbox at high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. And uh, our producer and mutual friend Rob, as well as our audio engineer Bryce, will do their best to get those questions piping hot to us in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. I also want to remind you guys that uh, it's a busy weekend at the FFPC and it's a busy weekend for the Football Guys Players Championship. We have drafts going off uh, all weekend. We have uh, six going off today. We have numerous going off. I think is the better part of a dozen going off tomorrow, um, the same amount on Sunday. So if you want to draft this weekend, there's going to be a time for you uh, starting at 1 o'clock Eastern time going all the way till midnight. We'll have drafts going off and filling. So if you want to get involved, and I know it's been exciting watching all the uh, preseason action, if you want to get involved and draft the team, I highly advise it this weekend because it's going to be a big draft weekend for the Football Guys Players Championship. $350 a team, and we have, uh, of course, a $300,000 grand prize. What you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, is in the Gatorade Studios right now, Dave Gerzak is still here commissioning because we didn't know if he'd be able to come on. Turns out he can't. He's motioning to me right now. 
Okay, there are six teams left in the midnight draft tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So hop on board, check that out. And you say, Balky, I thought the FFPC had online satellites. What are you pushing all this football guy stuff for? Well, we do have on online satellites as well, starting at $35, filling every day. We have a bunch of those going off tomorrow and Sunday. Check that out. And of course, for all you main eventers out there, Monday is D-Day. If you want that draft slot three weeks ahead of time and know where you're picking for the FFPC main event, now is the time to pay your balance, get that squared away. And on Wednesday, I promise you, my friends, you will know where you are picking in the main event. So that is all at myffpc.com. Without further ado, let me introduce my co-host tonight. He is a National Football League player agent whose clients include Brian Peters, linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings, whom you saw play in Sunday's Hall of Fame game. He also represents triple threat Katie Beck, who is going to be starring in the upcoming Broadway musical Spring Awakening at Brooks Atkinson Theater in New York City in the fall. Katie is fresh off her triumphant performances at the Electric Forest Music Festival in Rossbury, Michigan. But most importantly, our co-host tonight is the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. He's going to be uh, running the 13th Kentucky State Champion on August 26th in Cincinnati and August 28th through the 30th in Louisville and with other dates online beginning this Monday. Please welcome our good friend, Farrell Elliott, Commissioner. Welcome back to the show. Bucky, thanks for having me. I just spiked the phone much like I just dove into the end zone. It's great being with you. Uh, it's great having you on, man. I, I got to tell you, I got uh, two mental countdowns in my mind. I'm counting down how many days it is until I leave for Kentucky. And then I'm counting down how many days it is until I leave for Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. But I got to tell you, I'm always so excited to come down to Louisville every single year and, and see you. And of course, a lot of the other FFPC players who who make the uh, the the drive to or, or flight to Kentucky. You got guys flying in from all over this year, though. It's, 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 it's almost becoming, Kentucky is becoming almost like a national thing instead of a regional thing now. We've got 28 states coming in. And Balky, that's it's really something that I did not anticipate. I thought we would do well with people from the area, which we have. I thought we would be a regional contest. And, you know, I thought when, when, when we were blessed with guys driving in from Appleton, Wisconsin, I was, I was pretty damn honored with that. And I still am. We have guys flying in from 28 states, and it's, it's a real blessing, including next year, but playing online this year, my good pal Ray Chung from Hong Kong. So we got we, we've even got Ray in the league. We've gone international. Yeah, it's it's crazy because we have we have Rachel. We, Ray is in the chat room right now, uh, listening to the show, which we certainly appreciate. Thank you, Jer thank you, Ray. And we also have um. Chris Holland and Alex Blake, they play the FFPC. They play a lot of the football guys events, um, uh, you know, online drafts in Singapore and raised in Hong Kong. So like this whole fantasy football high stakes, you know, uh, business, it's going international, man. And now you get Ray drafting in Kentucky. The dominoes are all starting to fall. It's shaping up 15 in Kentucky in the FFPC. So very exciting. Farrell, I'd love to get to uh, some uh, fantasy news and chat and get your opinion on it since you, since you are a high-stakes player. How about we uh, we crack open uh, the newswire, let everybody know what's going on, and uh, then we'll interview uh, our guest, Craig Mastro, who is uh, the Master Damas, as, as many of you know. He's, he's going to be coming up in about uh, eight minutes here. Uh, and we'll talk to him about uh, how he's been so successful and finishing in the top 12 of the uh, of of the FFPC main event, the WCOF main event over the last uh, four years, which has been pretty crazy that he's been able to do that. We're going to talk to him 
And then Farrell, tell us more about Kentucky. Farrell, does that sound like a good show to you? It sounds like all the things I want to talk about, Balky. Well, perfect. Let's talk about the guy uh, that has been uh, shaking the fantasy landscape over the last 24 hours, Amir Abdullah. He Last night in the preseason game against the Jets, he worked with both the first and second team offenses. Uh, 67 yards on seven carries was his final tally last night. A 45-yard run, uh, which was definitely highlight-worthy. Check that out on uh, on the internet if you've if you have the access to the internet, check it out. It was a 45-yard run that was awesome uh, that he ripped off last night. Joyke Bell, whenever he gets healthy, is is honestly going to be a little bit behind the eight ball trying to uh, get a lot of touches uh, instead of Amir Abdullah. Abdullah was going solidly in the sixth round. I, I saw him in a football guy's draft today uh, go in the mid-fourth uh, tonight. So He's climbing up draft boards, Farrell, and I know you said on the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, State Championship podcast with Bob Butterfield and All Purpose Roto and those guys, you actually said it's not out of the realm of possibility that when we get to Kentucky, when we get to Vegas, you could see somebody using a second-round pick on Amir Abdullah if he keeps this up. He's going to flash fantastically, and the more you let him touch the ball, the more productive he's going to be. If you watch some of the film of his college activities, he's one of the few running backs of that size that's actually running better later in the game. He's he's a real breakout player, and you can understand why Nebraska centered their whole offense around this player. The number of carries that he had in college were overwhelming for a college player and an offensive coordinator if you have him, you've got to use him. Same thing's going to happen in Detroit. Yes, uh, these kind of games continue. Uh, second could be a little early, but third is certainly around uh, in the realm of possibility. Yeah, he's on our ascendant semifinalist list, and I, which we're revealing our ascendant when we broadcast live at the KFFSC in uh, in Louisville at the end of the month. And I think that he has a real good possibility to move up uh, several rounds. He already moved after one preseason game. He was going in the sixth. Now I saw him going in the fourth. <laughs> and granted, it's only one draft, but I think that he is going to be climbing draft boards and he's going to have more opportunity to flash that big play potential as we move on with the preseason. So Abdullah definitely uh, is moving up uh, the boards uh, as far as uh, how high we see him going on our uh, ascent semifinalist list. Let's talk about How's Paul? He's going to be out for the season after uh, fracturing and dislocating his ankle last night in his uh, preseason opener with Washington. So this opens the door to Jordan Reed, who obviously had the big time rookie season, has not been able to stay healthy since then. This is this is the two NFL seasons now that he's really been banged up and he's out right now with a bad hamstring. But Jordan mm. Reed is going super late in FFPC draft barrel. I mean, you can get him in the double digit rounds easily. I'm 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 unconvinced that he moves up into the single digit rounds just because of the injury, but there's a lot of fantasy goodness that you can get from Jordan Reed as your backup tight end in high stakes draft barrel. Yes, as they compact the the targets to Jordan Reed and he has to spend much more time on the field. And, you know, he's got soft hands. He can catch the ball and move a little bit after he catches them. He'll be an attractive player if he can get healthy. Seems like that's been the problem at that position for a while in Washington. Uh, did you notice Pierre Garcon very early on set the pace for the year with a dropped pass? 
Did you notice that early? <laughs> and you know, and that's exactly what he did when when I went to see him. The danger of watching players when they come out of college in camp for one day. He dropped everything his rookie year when I saw him at Indianapolis. Dropped every pass they threw him. He had like five drops in one. I said, this kid will never play in the league. I was wrong about that, but he said, sure was a rough way to start the league. Uh, start the league year. Uh, for Pierre Garcon, he's got to he's gonna have to shake that off. And Washington needs a lot of things to shake out, right, Balky, for them to be a for those players to be a, a real fantasy uh, move in our drafts. Yeah, really, I would say Deshaun Jackson and Alfred Morris are really the only uh, Washington players that are going very high in drafts right now. But the rest, I mean, RG three, Jordan Reed, uh, even Pierre Garcon to a certain extent, you don't have to to you know, invest a whole lot into them. The question is, how much are you getting out of them once they're on your team? And and I, I think that's where the big question is uh, with Washington. So, you know, moving forward in the preseason, I, I think uh, fantasy owners will want to see more of RG3 commanding that offense a little bit better, deeper into games uh, before they're willing to risk uh, higher picks on, on those other Washington guys. Let's talk a little bit about Alshon Jeffrey and his calf injury. Uh, head coach John Fox said after the preseason game opener, uh, last night, uh, Jeffrey actually had a calf injury earlier in the week, and he said he's day-to-day, but a lot of the Bears beat reporters saw him on crutches and in a walking boot. John Fox said it was just to immobilize it, to keep him from you know using it, and, and make sure the healing process goes as fast as possible so he's ready for week one. But Farrell, for a guy who's going off in the top 10 for receivers, a guy who's being drafted in the late second round of pretty much every FFPC and football guys draft that I've commissioned so far, you have to Drop Alshon Jeffrey lower than that. I mean, I I can't risk my second round pick on a guy who's in a walking boot right now. I can't either. And before the injury, he's not my favorite uh, consensus second round pick. He's not a guy that I'm going to look for in that round. But he's going to fall in the third round. Somebody's going to take him, and they're going to get better value out of him in the third round because believe the coaches and believe the training staff. The writers are hungry for right to write something this far into camp. Uh, I, I'm going to put my belief in Fox, and I'm, I'm going to think that walking boot is just for that said purpose, and I'm not going to sweat that too much. Yes, I mean, and this could be a, a story like much ado about nothing as we move forward. Mm-hmm. But for anybody who's drafting this weekend, I think that you have to you have to knock them down just a little bit, especially if there's guys in that neighborhood that are being drafted right around the same time. I'm thinking guys like. T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Randall Cobb. I mean, they're all going right around that same Alshon Jeffrey level. And I think as of right now, I think you have to draft those guys or Jeffrey until we have a little bit more clarity on this injury situation. We also, you know, I want those guys before Jeffrey. I want those guys. I, I very much want those guys before Jeffrey. I, I just, you know, at this point, uh, there's, there's so many, I don't want to say there's so many questions. With Jeffrey, but it's such a big question with Jeffrey. I, I I think that you are much more likely to get a bargain on him in in the late third, or just let somebody else scoop him up entirely and draft a guy who's healthy, who you know is going to be studly. Not to keep bringing the negativity back onto the program, but let's talk about another injured tight end. Zach Ertz uh, is going to miss the entire preseason with a quote core muscle injury in his groin. Sounds painful, and I'm sure it is. That's according to Jeff McClain on Twitter. Ertz actually uh, got hurt earlier this week. He went to a surgeon who specializes in sports hernias to clean up uh, the issue. 
which may or may mean that Ertz has had surgery or he needs surgery before he can get back onto the field. Typically, uh, with NFL players in the past, sports hernia operations have kept them out roughly a month and a half to two months. So if Ertz has already gone under the knife, coming back in time for the regular season opener, would probably be pretty optimistic. Uh, Brent Selleck is the starting tight end, according to the first depth chart of the season. Uh, so Zach Ertz kind of already playing catch up just to be the number one tight end on his own team. And Farrell, this is a guy in, in, in the tight end premium formats of the FFPC where tight ends are important. You have Ertz going as solidly as like the sixth or the seventh tight end off the board. And, and now I think you got to drop him to the tight end two care, uh, territory. Maybe late to tight end three, Boggy. You know, what makes him special is his size and speed combination. He can shed the blocks and get open and move well in the open field. And if you're having this type of injury, your movement's going to be limited for a long time after you return to football. And that takes away his number one weapon. He's a good pass catcher and a good target, but you can say that about almost any tight end. Zach Ertz is supposed to line up all over the field and get separation from defensive backs, from cover linebackers. He's not going to do it if he's hurting. He's not going to do it well enough to to justify where he's being taken in these drafts. Yeah, it's the same thing with Alshon Jeffrey. Again, we may not get any positive news now on on Zach Ertz for a while. Unlike Alshon Jeffrey, who maybe might play this weekend or this coming week. We don't know. But with Ertz, it's pretty safe that he's going to miss a significant amount of time, maybe bleeding into the regular season. We don't know. And I'm going to again, I just I, I, I always tell players and sometimes I've been burned on this before on the show where I say I don't want to mess around with injured guys. And then sometimes injured guys end up dropping pretty far in drafts and then they end up lighting it up in, in the regular season. But I think more often than not, you get bit by that. So I think you need to find a, a different option at tight end, given where Ertz was going. Um, and I, Farrell, I don't know if I drop him, you know, to the, the, you know, tight end 20, tight end 25, like, like you may, may be doing right now. I think there is a significant upside there, but certainly, mm. I mean, I can easily find 12 tight ends. I like better than Ertz, and, and not only because of the injury, but remember the Eagles have had Darren Sproles playing a lot of receiver in training camp. They have Jordan Matthews, who's been lighting the world on fire. They love Nelson Aguilar uh, in that offense. They still have DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews, who are going to get targets. I mean, Farrell, even before this injury, maybe Zach Hurts was getting pumped up a little bit too much. I think so. A lot of targets, and, you know, they, they have to keep turning that ball over. The defense has got to turn it back to them. Uh, and, and they've got to also get the ball in positions on the field where they can score. It, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that that offense is going to be firing on all four cylinders but from day one. But I tell you, Balky, if I'm going to come to Las Vegas and is playing as many leagues as I would like to in the FFPC, I'm going to have to keep winning. I'm going to have to win at least a little more than I did last year because that's what everyone wants to do. And, you know, we've got an 11-week season to put ourselves into the uh, into the league playoffs. And if you start taking games away – from a tight end, which you've got to get them early in the FFPC. I, I, maybe I'm going to take Zach Ertz on one of my uh, draft experts team uh, and, and mix him in that group. But I, I don't I don't want him on my roster. So if, if a lot of guys think like I do, uh, he's going to drop a long way. Well, you know, you talk about that 11-week sprint and how important it is to get off to that quick start. And our guest tonight, 
has gotten off to a lot of quick starts, and that's led him to a lot of a uh, lot of good finishes in the uh, in not only the fantasy football players championship, but of course in the W Cough back in the day. He's had a lot of experience with that, and I'm going to bring him on shortly. But one other thing I want to bring up um, before uh, we do, Farrell, let's talk a little bit about Andre Johnson, uh, the the newest Indianapolis Colt receiver this season. He's going to be on a pitch count according to the rap sheet. Ian uh, Rappaport mm -hmm. from the NFL Network. Uh, Andre Johnson mm -hmm. last month turned 34 years old, and the Colts already have a pretty impressive uh, receiving core. In, you know, T.Y. Hilton, Philip Dorsett, Dante Moncrief. Uh, last year, um, the top 20 uh, finishers in PPR scoring uh, with as far as wide receivers go, 17 of those 20 played more than 80% of their team's offensive snaps. One of them who didn't, was T.Y. Hilton. So I think the takeaway here is you can say, well, T.Y. Hilton's a big uh, big play guy. I mean, he gets his fantasy points on busting off those 80-yard touchdowns. But, I mean, he was pretty involved in the offense with the targets, and not a lot of people talk about that. We know Andre Johnson probably doesn't have that breakaway speed, that home run hitting ability that he did when he was uh, in his younger years in Houston. Farrell, how much does this pitch count report uh, caution you from taking Andre Johnson maybe in the fourth round. Would you drop him at all, or are you still uh, convinced that uh, that he is going to put in uh, a workmanlike top twenty-four wide receiver season? I hope everyone does believe that he's going to be on account and won't play on the field as much as uh, as much as we expect, because that that means he'll drop in the draft, and I can get him for great value. Balky. Luck and luck is not going to let this player come off the field. He's going to be in that meeting room and say, "You're taking my weapons away from me. This is the number one weapon. This is a player that they've been waiting for." You know, I think about how they tried to make the this this targeted uh, the receiver out of Hakeem Nicks and how how poorly he played in this offense and how how they've had uh, really to to rely on T.Y. Hilton as a as a player that entered the league pretty well on a third-round draft pick, but I don't think anyone ever expected this kind of production from a player of that diminutive size. He's got those getaway sticks. He's got some exclusive speed. But, you know, you couldn't have predicted him to have the big play success that he's had on, in, a regular, in a regular aspect throughout the entire season, the consistency that he's done it at. Now you've finally got the consi consistent receiver in the package. I'm not buying it. Andre Johnson's going to be in the field. He's going to have his targets. He's going to come away with a ton of catches in this offense. You know, Farrell, as, as long as we're talking about Colts receivers, let's get the NFL agent uh, sort of viewpoint on what happened with Indy in the front office uh, over the past couple of months. They used their first-round pick on Philip Dorsett, a guy whose talent, whose skills uh, closely – uh, compare to T.Y. Hilton's. Uh, obviously, same size. They run a lot of the same routes. Uh, they bring a lot of the same tools to the table in Indianapolis. So, in that, and with T.Y. Hilton sort of in a contract year, you're thinking, well, you know, maybe they're ready to move on from Hilton. And then you get the news that they lock up Hilton for five years. What do you mm -hmm. foresee with the Colts receivers going forward? I mean, is Andre Johnson a, a one and done type of guy and they go with Moncrief, Hilton, and Dorsett as the top three guys next year? Or is there more into this than than what we're reading? I think you look at the makeup of who's winning in the league at New England and at Denver, the teams that they've got to beat, 
and you see them with multiple, multiple weapons, and I think that's what the Colts are, are trying to achieve here. You know, Ryan Grigson came from a very, very pass-happy background of the Canadian Football League, and he's used to dealing with smaller wide receivers. He's used to dealing with those quick-twitch guys that they can – they can move and, and, and get away from coverages. And, and this is it's reflected in his personnel. He's got a very interesting team that he has put together. Andre Johnson, um, you know, it just depends when he hits the wall. It's unusual for 34-year-old uh, wide receivers to play in this league, but this guy is a physical specimen that's been consistent and does it very well. So it, it's I think the T.Y. Hilton getting that contract extension that he did is – Naturally, a wonderful thing for T.Y. Hilton, but indicative of a team that is going to pay a player for production. That's always good in the locker room. It's always very good when players can say, look, he's doing it, and he's getting rewarded for it. So I think it's a very good move, and they're going to keep feeding that pipeline with wide receivers because just like in what we're doing in Las Vegas and what we're doing in Kentucky – uh, you have to do that in the front offices. You have to keep putting those receivers in the pipeline to get you those points. Well, a guy who's collected those points in both uh, the WCOF and the FFPC over the past few years is joining us right now. He finished ninth overall in the 2008 World Championship of Fantasy Football. He placed 12th overall in the 2011 FFPC, but he wasn't done there. He moved up to fifth place overall in the FFPC main event a year later, and then in the uh, top 12 and as he placed 11th in the 2013 FFPC main event. Remember that was with 1200 plus players. That's four top 12 overall finishes and four different main events. Certainly impressive. And it does not include his numerous football guys, players championship and FFPC league titles either. He's going to be sharing with his uh, sharing with us, his knowledge tonight, right now, please welcome the Mastro Damas, Craig Mastro counselor. Thanks for joining the show tonight. EB, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing very well, and and forgive me, Craig, because normally when we have a a, a lawyer come on the show, we have a specific theme music that we're going to play for you. And I know you're not located in Los Angeles, but I think the L.A. Law theme song is very apropos <laughs> for your appearance on the show. This is nice. August. When everyone's listening, everybody's downloading, and uh, we we're very fortunate. Uh, that we can have you come on tonight, and and I feel I feel bad because normally Friday nights, man, you're drafting. Am I taking you away from a draft tonight? No, uh, uh, actually, Eric. Um, now, last couple of weeks, I've got a I've got an old sick dog, so I've been just home hanging out with him. So you're not you're not bugging well, me. I, I'm honored. I'm honored to be on. Thanks, buddy. Well, you're you're very welcome. We're we're honored to have you. I, I kind of uh, you know. Uh, didn't bear whatever the opposite of burying the lead is. I, I definitely promoted it, but tell the people uh, what you do a little bit, uh, the type of law that you're involved in for a living. Well, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then I had an accounting background, but then I went to law school out here in Denver, Denver University, and I've uh, been a lawyer for the last 24 years, criminal defense. So I've got two great law partners and a law firm out here, and uh, just been practicing criminal defense. Practicing criminal defense and uh, kicking butt in the fantasy football arena based on uh, that resume I just read. We we know how you finished uh, in all those other years that I'm going back to 2008. But let's talk a little bit about 2014. How did the year end up for you? Uh, can we ask a different question? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, let me, let, I'll, I'll phrase it this way, Craig. First, because 
we we and know how just, talented we know how talented of a drafter you are and and the success you've had in the past what what didn't work out last year was the injury bug or what went wrong in 2014 for you well first off can i say uh hello to mr elliott he's a legend so i just wanted to say farrell uh, how are you doing well thank you i'm I'm doing wonderful and 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 you're the one attorney i can hopefully mark off my list as having to uh engage you professionally because since you're in criminal defense I, so you know we can't do any business together yeah, so let's just win some fantasy football together i yeah. uh, i don't know what happened in 214 and it could be un inexplicable and unexplainable but uh balky i would like to ask uh how how do you prepare for these drafts to get this type of productivity in other words i wonder if there's something you do differently in las vegas actually once you hit the ground to start start running that that the rest of us aren't doing i wonder if there's a secret out there you can share with us oh i, I tell you what i think the biggest secret and one of the things is you know the ff uh, pc when i went over there um it's just been hitting on all cylinders and i think mainly is that's the one site that has uh, you know, 1.5 per reception for the tight ends. And that's always been a strength of, uh, you can ask anybody from my home leagues for years, you know, I, I'd always want a strong tight end core. And so that kind of benefited me over the last couple of years in the FFPC and even, uh, you know, so I think that that's one strategy you look at. Um, but if you're asking me how I go about things, I pretty much go old school. I'll have a sheet of paper in front of me. I'm not on the computer setting up too many things. I kind of have in my mind from whatever, uh, you know, draft position I'm in, a good direction on which way I want to go. I either want to start with a running back or a wide receiver and then sometimes a tight end and then move forward in, in a manner that I kind of strategize to where I'm going to get it a quarterback. So I kind of determine if I'm going to pick one of the guys that are pretty expensive in the second or third round and then what, how that's going to make my team look at, look like uh, in the later rounds. Or I'll wait until uh, about the fifth to eighth round to pick up a, a really good quarterback. But then if I do wait on a quarterback, I'll share this information with you. If I wait till about the sixth, seventh, or eighth round, then Probably in about two or three rounds after that, I'm going to pick up another quality um, quarterback. So very good, um, Balky. I'll just say one other thing and get out of your way. Uh, I managed to win a little last year. I didn't get to the championship of the league, but I, but but I did win a little, and it, that's exactly what happened to me. I was very fortunate to have Andrew Luck in the eighth round, T.Y. Hilton in the fifth round. So you guys can understand why it fell apart at the end. But for ten or eleven weeks, it was a very beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I tell you, you know, going and, back, and, uh, Craig. I mean, you you put together. I, I've seen you know I've commissioned a bunch of your drafts uh, that you've done so far this year, and and they they have looked very good. You could say that your drafts have been a beautiful thing uh, so far this year. But you know, every year is different. Players go in different spots. There's different runs. There's different trends. Has there been anything with the football guys drafts that you've done, the FFPCs, you, maybe your pros versus Joe's team that you drafted this year? Has anything stood out to you that, that maybe has surprised you about where players are going or, or maybe, you know, certain 
runs that are happening that you're seeing this year? Yeah, I have seen a, a, a recent trend, and I think that comes from uh, a lot of new players. I think that are you know see the sport of fantasy football, uh, you know, get involved in it, but then they're high tech where they're getting better information, kind of like information from this show there, Alki. <laughs> you know, I think you guys educate them up. Uh, that's why one of my strategies, going back to that, is I'll try to draft as early as I can, say in, in July. So you're, you're talking about uh, Amir Abdul. I looked at some of my 150 uh, dynasty teams, the 250 dynasty teams, and then several of my early uh, 350 uh, you know, teams, and I have him on my team. I picked him a lot sooner than most people. So I think you, you know, shows like this will educate a lot of uh, newer players, and those newer players, you know, it's almost like um, it's almost like you know these online po- poker players, and then they do so well at the World Series of of poker. I think it's heading that way. I think there's a lot of young talent out there. Of you know people, uh, I mean this isn't rocket scientist work, but it is. I, I do love the the strategies of out trying to, you know, uh, strategize values on certain players and and try to pick them, uh, you know, and kind of watch snake of uh, you know the snake type of uh, draft if you're going to be able to get that player one or two rounds after that. You know, if you're waiting on a player. Uh, much like you were you were talking about certain tight ends, um, I think Kyle uh, Efert from Cincinnati will probably do real well, and you know nobody probably picked him last year too much, and this year he's probably going to go in the tenth to twelfth round, maybe a little earlier because of the one point five. But um, I, I think that's why, Eric. I think that's um, you know the, the trend I see is a lot of players have the same information as you and, and they'll, you know, sometimes just steal your players. So, Well, Craig, you know, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but we have Dave Gerzak working the high stakes fantasy football, hour news desk tonight. And he has just reported that Julius Thomas apparently broke his middle finger tonight and no report on how long he's going to be out. But I think this, you got to knock down Julius Thomas now, given we don't know how much time he's going to miss. And we know he's not having Peyton Manning throw, throwing the ball anymore. I don't know on him at all I don't really remember seeing if you drafted Julius Thomas in 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 any of your Eric, drafts I mean you you might have you might not have but what do you what do you think about Thomas now with this broken middle finger I, I've never had him I, I don't you know uh, Bortles is fine but they're still gonna run he's gonna hit the short passes maybe to Julius but I'm not that strong on him I, I like uh Alan Robinson another Penn State boy uh, for for those intermediate passes and possession passes and pretty much touchdowns. But you're right. I've I've had a, a 150 team, a 250 team. I think there's I have uh, two 35 teams, two 77 dollar teams, and then 12 of my 350 teams. And then I'm I'm going to have I have two main event teams. But all the teams that I've drafted so far. So what's that about? 17 not one team has uh Julius Thomas I stayed away wow. from wow. nice job not nice one. job avoiding that it well let's okay let's talk let let me let me bring up a player that I think as far as high stakes drafts go has been pretty polarizing over the last week and a half or so and that's Arian Foster 
who went down with the with the groin injury last week. Um, you know, the re early reports were, were stating that he was going to be out maybe on short-term IR and not come back until the double-digit weeks of the NFL season. Now we're hearing, yeah, maybe that was a little bit premature and he's only going to miss maybe four to six weeks. We don't really know, you know, when he's going to be coming back, but he's a difference maker in fantasy. I mean, this this is a guy who was going in the second round while he was healthy. Craig, how are you treating Arian Foster in drafts? At what point are you selecting him, or are you still just avoiding the situation? You know, um, I, he's not on one of my teams, again. And he's just somebody I, I did stay away from, and then when I thought I would take him in, in several earlier um, drafts, someone would take him too early. And even when we found out his injury might be less, then he would go, I don't know, I'd look at, you know, back at the draft board and maybe he went in the sixth round. Uh, but, you know, now I, th I think you can take a chance on him, but, you know, even any, any injury, he's, what, 29 maybe, pushing 30, and he's got a lot of, you know, youth on him. And then... Anything involving the legs or hamstrings for a running back, I don't see how you how you draft him. Let somebody else draft him, you know. Yeah, and you can you can use that. yeah, Alfred Blue and uh and even Chris Polk. I picked those guys, but not too many times. And then I think you know I, I've been drafting uh, earlier. I was drafting uh, what's his name, Chris John Chris Johnson. I just figured he'd catch a team, and now I'm. I'm hearing that he might go with a uh, – where is he going, Balky? I just saw it. He's, he's got a physical scheduled with the Car – Arizona. Yeah. Rappaport tonight. Yeah. So I think he'll go there. He's the same kind of back it's, as I mean, uh, Ellington, sort of. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely – I mean, I think the – like, you know, what I brought up earlier with the skill set of Dor Hilton being similar, I think Johnson and Ellington do a lot of the same things very well, although Johnson obviously is a little bit older, uh, but he's had the banner, uh, you know, MVP type season uh, that Ellington has not had. I want to, Craig, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I want to stay on the running back tip here. Sure. Todd Gurley, Trey Mason. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Gurley uh, has said that he's probably going to miss regular season games. Trey Mason would be the starter there. How are you treating St. Louis? I mean, are you targeting Gurley? like the fifth round are you looking at maybe trey mason a little bit later on yep. what are you doing with the ram situation yeah i've seen in most of my drafts anytime i've picked up Gurley in the fourth round or so um, i've always waited a little bit and then mason always came to me so i always handcuffed him because he's a rookie uh which they'll play but he might not play till and and do real well until the sixth week you know but that'll be g great you know, with with uh, Coach Fisher and the Rams there, but I like Mason. Mason's a, he, he can hold it together until Gurley can take off, and but Gurley might not take off completely. You know, but I would I so my strategy was, and I think I only got burned in one draft where I had Gurley, and then somebody picked up Mason before I could grab him, and so I think I have him on about four teams early on, but I have both of them on three. And uh, if I didn't think I can get Mason, or if it just didn't work out, if I started off my team with, you know, maybe I had Le'Veon Bell, where I had to get a healthy running back, I couldn't, I couldn't pick somebody like Gurley. So, I, you know, I, I like Jeremy Hill, 
You know, I like a lot of different running backs, uh, like Abdul. You know, anybody that's going to catch passes, obviously, or score touchdowns. Those pass-catching running backs uh, are, are always uh, very valuable. Uh, Craig, we're talking with Craig Mastro, a winner or excuse me, finisher in the top twelve of four different main events in his career. And Craig, uh, let's talk because, like you said, you've had like 16, 17 drafts already this year. What's been? What are the teams um, out of which spot has been the best for you this year? What teams have you liked the most out of what spot? Because I'm curious if you had your druthers and you could pick. Where would you want to go? You know, I'll tell you a little secret. In the main event, I have two teams right now. One's that um, on Friday night, I'm picking 12 because I paid early and I got that spot. Uh, you know, I mean, I paid early so I know what my spots are. And then the uh, Saturday morning one, I'm picking first. And here's a little trade secret, especially in the FFPC, is that that Thursday game or the first game of the season always plays out. So my Steelers play this, you know, this year against New England. And with that number one pick, um, although I love Bell, um, if if A.B. does something exceptional or even Gronk does, that might be, you know, a way to go. Because you know as well as I do, uh, the FSPC is all about points. And I like it that way. I mean, the more points you get um, overall the whole year, the better position you are to get in the playoffs uh, for the big money. So, um, over all the other drafts I've had, believe it or not, I've had number one a lot, uh, two, three. But I, I don't mind. I don't mind many of the spots. Whatever I get, I, I kind of like. But um, if you get into like four or five, um, I don't like it as much. So I, I can I can tell you that yeah or not nine I mean nine is actually not too bad because then you know who knows Julio or Dez or or DT seems to be if you don't get nine then you might not get those guys at ten uh, but uh, I I don't really mind Eric I don't mind a whole lot of the I, I guess I go to so many drafts I don't care a preference though I don't mind number one because then. If someone starts off, I think last year somebody started off with 50 points or, you know, some, I forget who the first game was, but, you know, there, there were outrageous games, like points. And you can you can use that against your first opponent and have and if that helps you win the first game, uh, that's a plus, you know, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. And, and everything, when they when they strategize all the, the points and, and – and, uh, you know, percentages and things like that, you know, like you score 261.25 points. Everything adds up. So the more points you can get, uh, the more points, you know, it's the best for you. So, But, you know, i got to tell one thing real quick. Um, Dave Fowler, I had it. Uh, he was one of my team guys. He's been, you know, real helpful. We, we've uh, brainstormed. And then I don't know if you guys know, and maybe Farrell knows uh, Joey uh, Brown or Brown. Yeah, Joey, Joey Brown. I always say he's kind of a new guy to the um, to the game, but that kid is sharp, and he's gonna, he's going to do good things. He just he's getting married uh, towards the end of the year too. So congratulations if he's listening. Joey will wizard you, Craig, with a little bit of that uh, 
a little bit of that Eastern Kentucky twang, and he'll get you going, and he'll he'll talk some fantasy football until the battery runs out, man. And he he just loves it. He's he's passionate about it, and yeah, it's great to talk about. What we got to do is get Joey in Kentucky uh, under the roof. He's playing too much uh, online stuff. We need to we need to see him uh, show up here yeah, in Kentucky. Yeah, didn't did Kimbra? Um, Kimbra, did, did she win the Kentucky um, tournament? Kimbra is one of our champions. She was, I believe, our 2010 champion. Yes, she's won here. Yep. And she yep. finished runner-up the year after she won. So she has a lot of success here as well. That's great. I mean, and, I, and I'll tell you what, guys, you, you bring all these players' names. Joey Brown, uh, congrats to him, by the way. I know he listens to the show, so he's going to be listening, Farrell. This is a good way to get in his ear to play live. And Dave Fowler and Kimra, uh, Kimra Schlisher, both previous guests on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, too, uh, which we uh, definitely enjoyed having them on. And Craig, you, you have joined the illustrious club tonight. And as sort of a, a, a rite of passage of, for being a guest on the show, you have to answer the question, one player that you want on all of your teams this year or as many teams as possible, and one player you don't want on any of your teams this year. One player I don't want, and one player that I do, I I, I do want Antonio Brown on my team. I do want him, and, and I'm a I'm a Steeler fan, but uh, you know that's really, you know, something that, you know, I, I like. And then the other guy that I don't want, I've never wanted Julius Thomas. So, and I have I don't have him, and he's hurt. And uh, and the other guy I guess I don't want is, uh, what's his name? Now it's Paul, because now he's off his season, right? <laughs> hey, well, Good I, answer, I, Craig. Very well I'm done, Craig. <laughs> and my boy Hambone, if he's listening, he was one of my first, he's my best friend back home, and he's, uh, uh, you know, he played with on one of my teams early on, and so he, and congrats to him, because I always pick things, you know, pick his brains too. Well, his brain, it's a little one, but. All right. <laughs> well, listen, Craig, this was awesome having you on. I, I certainly appreciate you coming on in, in such a busy uh, draft. I hope your dog gets better real fast. I know that's no fun. My my brother has a uh, a, a dog that's recovering right now. And I know it upset him very much. So I, I, I really hope that uh, your dog gets well, better. This very guy, fast. I, I want to wish He's 13 and a half. I don't think he's going to recover, but I'm going to, whatever he wants to do, I'm going to do it with him. So. Well, and that's, uh, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. I want to also wish you good luck in all of the leagues this year. Uh, And uh, and your main event ones uh, coming up too. Uh, It's going to be a very exciting time uh, when we get to the main event and best of luck to you this season. I I know you're going to have a very good 2015, my friend. Yeah, let me get off the phone here and let me enter into this midnight one, the 350 that you'll probably uh... – oh, Perfect. <laughs> All right, Commissioner. Farrell, nice, nice talking to you. Accept me on Facebook, Farrell. Midnight right now. Yeah. I'll how many do it. Have, uh, you, have three left. All right, guys. Up in there right now. We'll, we'll get that thing for you. Thanks right. so much for coming on, man. And Farrell, accept me on Craig, Facebook. You got it, <laughs> brother. The, for God's sake, accept Facebook friend request. Let's let's, right, guys, let's happen tonight. Here. Let's bring people together. I right, see you, man. Thank Craig, Craig Mastry. When are we going to talk about some players that are still up and walking around? It's been it's been the Red Cross Medical Show so far. Well, I know, and, and I'll tell you what. Let's let's talk about one right now. Let let's lead it off with 
Melvin Gordon because he didn't get hurt last night, but he <laughs> definitely <laughs> underwhelmed. What, what are and he's still going in like the third round? I've seen him slip to the fourth in some football guys' drafts. What are your thoughts on on Melvin Gordon this year in his rookie season? Ooh, Melvin Gordon, you know, Wisconsin. I got a lot of things that I love in Wisconsin. You know, the the Midwest. Uh, the Midwest home of the FFPC there in Appleton. I've, I've got an old old girlfriend in Fond du Lac and who doesn't like going to the Packers. But what I really love, I suppose, if I'm a running back, is playing behind an offensive line of the, the Badger offensive line. I see them play. I see them playing college. They run over Gophers and Hoosiers and Boilermakers. And, and and they put up these big, big numbers in college, and then they get to the pros, and it, it just really doesn't translate. And I'm curious about this situation with this player, um, the uh, as to what he's going to be able to do and how he's going to be able to transfer his game. I, I, was, a little, I was a little concerned about this player. I was probably going to avoid him in the draft. And then I watched the, the preseason game last night. Woodhead looks completely healed. Uh, Brandon Oliver, uh, he and Woodhead seem to have a vibe going on that, that works very, very closely with Frank Rice, the OC. Uh, and it's going to be hard to keep those guys off the field. This looks like a committee, uh, a down-and-distance uh, committee with an offensive coordinator who's very, very creative. He's going to do more than just hand the ball to a running back. So, yeah, bulky third or fourth round, I want more of a – I guess I want more of a, a sure thing when it comes to drafting a player that high, and, and I don't, I don't think Gordon's it. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, our mutual friend, the real Leroy, was uh, was talking with uh, with Dave last night, and Dave told me that uh, Leroy thinks he he might like Melvin Gordon this year, and and I'm sort of on the the opposite side of the fence. I I I, I don't know if he's going to be catching a lot of passes. I know Danny Woodhead's going to have a significant role in, in San Diego. So I think I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm finding a different option in the third or fourth round, be it, uh, you know, in, in any of my redraft leagues or in Kentucky where I will be drafting live in Louisville in, uh, in just, uh, what is it? Two weeks from today already. It's just crazy how it, how it's creeping up. I can't wait. And, and Farrell, this is the 13th year of the KFFSC 28 states represented, multiple countries represented, but I'm willing to bet there's at least one person out there who hasn't heard about it and doesn't know what it is. What can you tell the folks about the KFFSC? Well, I can tell Craig that we don't have anyone playing from the state of Colorado right now, so that's the oh, thing we can talk about. You gotta but get you Colorado, know, um, guys, you know, we don't have a hard deadline. I'm trying to work this where we can accommodate everyone. I'm getting... It's getting close to where, you know, we're still open for business. We've still got plenty of uh, main event room. Most of our ancillaries are, are sold out. The positions that, that you have taken uh, in our I Want Vegas leagues, which we have, we we've, from day one, we wanted to reward the local players with the experience of going and, and partaking in the FFPC. And so rather than uh, a certain amount of cash available in our award system, we gave them something that's really, really valuable a bid to the FFPC if they finish in their top in our uh, top five, and I think we're somewhere around sixty to seventy thousand dollars in entry fees to the FFPC rewarded over the years, which is pretty impressive when you consider that our teams are three hundred dollar buy-in teams, and you can come and draft in the ballroom and the excitement, 
And, you know, I, I just encourage all the listeners to do just exactly like the team from Appleton does, is to roll in down here and play all weekend. You guys have always been our biggest supporters. And, damn, Balky, if, if Leroy likes Gordon, i got to go back. i, I got to go back and examine everything now. About all I guess I could say <laughs> about, about all I guess I could say about that was I, I do really want a sure thing and kind of got me thinking about Fond du Lac again, but that's a whole other thing we can talk about later. Okay. But, you know, yeah, tell you what, I, I know Fond du Lac's in Wisconsin. I'm going to let everybody in on a secret. Nobody in Wisconsin likes Fond du Lac either. It is like the <laughs> armpit of Wisconsin. It's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure the girl, I'm sure the girl that you had from Fond du Lac was the one shining example, the one beacon of hope that Fond du Lac has given everybody over the years. I have no doubt, Farrell, because I know your taste. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure that she was – on a scale of one to ten, I'm sure she was a fourteen. But I'm telling you, Fond du Lac. She, she okay. was the outlier, huh? I got you. She was the outlier, indeed. Indeed, <laughs> she was the uh, she was the exception to the rule. What's uh? What, <laughs> let's. I'll tell you what. Odell Beckham last year was the exception to the rookie receiver rule. Came in and crushed yeah. it in in uh you know in the middle part of the season. Um, we have another rookie receiver this year. That's from Louisville, went to college in Louisville. And he also has a lower leg injury, uh, a foot issue that he had in college, and that's Devontae Parker. What are the chances that he comes in um, after not seeing a whole lot of time in the preseason and maybe doesn't start off week one on the right foot, pun intended, and he gets in there and just crushes it and ends up being a top 25 guy? Could you see that happening this year? Are the chances good for that? Or am I just kind of um, you know being a little bit more hopeful than I should be about Parker? He has the skill set to do that. He can make athletic plays. He made them against college players. Uh, he never, you know, Beckham never looked quite as good in college as he did in the NFL field, and I think you might flip that on Parker. It's a transition to get into the NFL, and he doesn't have the offensive coordinator. He doesn't have the quarterback that Beckham had there in the New York Giants. What he does have um, you know, Parker does have a huge first-round contract and a, a brilliant agent, Jimmy Gould out of Cincinnati, that aligned him with an endorsement package well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it gets me to thinking about the player. You know, uh, if, if you feed someone all the time, they're never hungry. And th this player, this player had such great success uh, into the draft with only playing a few games his senior year in college. Now he's already he's already living the life there in Miami, and he's he's yet to play an NFL game. And it looks like that success is going to be delayed. I, I may just stay away from this player. There's lots of uh, th there's lots of explosive wide receivers in great situations, matching up with coaches that know how to get the best out of them. Uh, maybe I'm just going to take a pass on Parker, but I got to tell you, here in the KFFSC, he's going to fly off the boards rounds earlier than he will in Las Vegas. Well, and let's talk a little bit about that because in the KFFSC, you have uh, you have to start three receivers uh, in this event. And what I've noticed over the past several years that that I've played is the receivers do fly off the board. Receivers, in the same way tight ends get pushed up in the FFBC, mm -hmm. the wide receivers get pushed up quite a bit in the KFFSC. Now, you guys have already had uh, some progressives uh, drafts that have gone on already, so we've already seen where players are going. We're going to have more of those coming up. I believe on Monday is another online event. 
Um, and you are, you're going to be in Cincinnati next weekend, uh, drafting in the Cincinnati portion of the KFFSC uh, main event. Tell the, the listeners a, a little bit about, uh, a little bit about that. Well, you know, we just came with the, the idea that we would take the game to the players and Cincinnati has been a nice little draft. We've, We've got uh, a live event there with about 48 teams, as I think is where we'll end up this year. It hasn't grown as quickly as I would like, but many of those guys have done exactly what I would hope and come to Louisville the next weekend and continue to play teams. It's all part of the same main event, as is our online activities. That's what we'll be having. Uh, that's what we'll be having on the 17th, beginning on Monday. Our online and live main events run through seven, from the 17th all the way through September 1st. We've, we've now flirted with September, and we actually feel that we can put that one league on, that one online league to accommodate some more players because our present online stuff is, is completely sold out. But you're right, wide receivers, uh, we jump off the board here a little bit earlier, but we still have a lot of guys that back those Louisville Cardinals, and they, they have wonderful, wonderful visions. They can't wait to come here and draft a Devontae Parker, much like Craig can't wait to, to draft those Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, you know, I was curious. I, I wish I had asked him about his, uh, his thoughts about Marcus Wheaton this year. Yeah, Wheaton's an interesting guy. I know, I know when he was – before he got drafted by Pittsburgh in, in the pre-draft process, I know Dave uh, Gerzak was uh, my normal co-host, was normally – he was interested in Wheaton. And then Wheaton sort of, you know, didn't have the greatest rookie year. Now you have the rise of Martavis Bryant. But then you get big Ben Roethlisberger saying that he's still the number two receiver, has looked extraordinarily good in camp. And I think that, you know, Bryant had the good game tonight. I think he had three for 55 and he had the long touchdown uh, tonight. So – you know, I, 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 Wheaton's an interesting guy, but man, if you want to put a chip uh, on an offense this year that's not being drafted mm-hmm. as high as maybe the guys from Green Bay and the guys from Indy, Pittsburgh, man, is right up there with Bryant and Brown and Wheaton and Bell and Big Ben and, and even Heath Miller to a certain extent, too. I'm, I'm loving me uh, some Steelers this year, Farrell. I love them, too. And, you know, you can space those players because based on especially the receivers, one's going very early one's going uh five to seven maybe with bryant i'm not exactly sure and wheaton will go in the early double digits and and you you can target players like that and Heath miller indy great for the draft experts i think he had three games last year where he flirted with 100 yards got in the end zone a couple times one game i think he had seven catches um, when he's there and when he's getting open roethlisberger will find him the you know find him and get him the ball Farrell, as pretty much every appearance uh, that you've had on this show, 60 minutes is just never enough time for you. So (laughs) it pains me to say it, but I got to let you go for tonight as we wrap up the show. But how would you like to come back again next week? And and we'll talk uh, to some KFFFC guys uh, along with you. I'm always available to talk to fantasy players. Mr. Gerzak going fishing or something? No, he'll he'll be back. He'll be back next week. We'll uh, we'll have him on. It's going to be a big Kentucky preview party. We can't wait. Nah, brother, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, and I love to be here. I I love a party even better when I'm invited to it. So I'll see you next Friday. Oh, perfect, Farrell. Thanks so 
much for joining the show. That was the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott joining the show. And I do want to thank him uh, for coming on tonight. It was awesome having him. I want to thank Craig Mastro for coming on the show as well. I also want to thank DirecTV, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, and most of all, all of you listeners that continue to support us every week. As I teased, next week, back-to-back Kentucky main event defense champion J.A. Carey will be on the show, as well as uh, KFFSC podcast host Bob Butterfield is going to be on the show This has been well. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. broadcast live now. and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. You don't stop.